<clears throat> Where's my Dharma talk title remembering person? Nobody understands me. Oh, yeah. No one understands me. No one understands me. Are you quoting anyone here? No one understands me. Why don't people understand me? This title was suggested by someone that probably says that quite often. <laughs> the question was you know, something like, and I have to paraphrase a little bit, but something like when you when you um, is it is it blame when you are you blaming someone? Is that what it was? How'd it go? Is feeling like you're misunderstood a form of blame? Uh, and I would say, it, it, I'm not saying there are times when that might not be all that uh, definite, but probably anytime you're you're taking however you're feeling and, and uh, some kind of attribution, that it's because of that or because of them. And the, the, difficult, the reason it's so difficult, you've heard me say, talk about this in this way before, the reason it's so difficult is it relatively could be true. There could be some truth to that, that people can understand you and do have difficulty, you know, especially with you, because you're so complicated. So I feel I, the way it looks, there's lots of ways that some kind of shifting something as it says in Atisha's seven points of mind training, one of the slogans is, I think it's don't shift the cow's load to the ox or something. I might have the animals mixed up, but, but it's like taking anything that's showing up and, and moving it just because you can, because if you do that, then it, it lightens up the, the, the kind of a, a cause and effect situation that seems, makes it so definitely feel like you did it. It's your fault, but we want to move that aside and get someone else to help us with that so-called blaming situation. And what is this about? As I say over and over again in different ways, I'm always giving the same talk over and over again. Just observe so that you can see what this is fundamentally rather than conclude uh, what it's about or where it's going or who did it or who understands me, who doesn't understand me and so on. Especially on a, spirit, a spiritual path where you are endeavoring to see beyond your the relative beliefs about the nature of things, as is sometimes referred to primitive beliefs about the nature of reality, that there are separate beings, that there's a right and a wrong, relatively. <clears throat> the self-centered mind, the ego mind, the me-feeling mind uh, sees this relativity and, and, and feels threatened by things that it doesn't understand and also feels threatened by perceiving that some people don't understand me, don't understand what, this is another way of kind of validating your identity in someone that could be understood if people would just take the time to understand you then. So there's that kind of under, under uh, underlying uh, dialogue or whatever in there about someone who could possibly understand you. And these show up as relative uh, structures in our mind, show up as, uh, again, right and wrong, forward and backward, success and failure, and all the other relativities that show up. And getting attached to those leads us in circles of success. We're getting ahead. People finally are understanding us. I'm finally making myself clear. It won't last. Anytime you conclude anything, the very nature of relative truth, the very, the very um, seduction of relative truth is thinking that we're someone and we can stop some things and start other things. And we, we are given just enough through dependent origination, given just enough, uh, shall we call it leeway there between uh, cause and effect to make it look like we do have a say-so about stuff. This is why the question quite often comes up to me is, uh, do we, uh, uh, is everything predetermined or do we have free will? And totally missing the fundamental situation by asking that surfacey question about it. What, what is the assumption there? That there is somebody, that there is a separate person 
who's having free will or a separate person who it's all faded and you know it's your karma and you're just going to have to eat it or smell it or taste it you're just going to have to do it what does what why would we have have a conclusion about anything including people don't understand me anytime you conclude anything about anything even if it's has a relative substance there or if it, you could take it to court or however you want to express it it's it may be relatively extremely true and accurate and society runs on that and we're not trying to get rid of society uh, we're not trying to uh, do anything with it in that way but we also may not be falling in line with uh, society or the structures of society as our only reference point for living our life or but this is why training the mind to see see what is true uh, involves seeing a whole lot of what is not true watching the thought forms come and go and watching how they're they're coming and they're threatening or they're difficult but they're not they don't have a uh, a particular status as the, a truth that proves people don't understand me or people do understand me or you know, all the uh, relativities get um, get more and more confused the more pushing pulling passion grasping uh, aggression pushing or shoving away or ending and then ignorance or the other uh, three uh, other one of the three poisons which is uh, ignoring distraction what was the talk title again no one understands me i say that all the time all right no? okay I, I don't say that I, don't, I never say that i would never say that of course everyone understands me Go ahead. <laughs> so allowing, it seems like if I say no one understands me, it's a subtle way of asserting a me that understands me is thinking that we have an understanding of ourselves, a misunderstanding. Probably so. And that's what, what Shoto is, I mean, Shoka is the other, the other S word. <laughs> The other, the, yeah, it's the show brothers. That's right, <laughs> Shodo and Shoka. Yeah. So, not funny. But it's it's that idea that we have, uh, you know, it's uh, that we 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 do know what is there and we understand what's happening, and other people don't seem to be seeing that. They're misinterpreting, misunderstanding. Here I am trying to be so upright and truthful and honest and i'm trying really hard to do that and yet the person other people around us are going this isn't you know, you know even maybe even accusing us why are you doing why are you acting like this why are you doing it you say why am i doing what says why are you being why are you lying or why are you being dishonest with me and we can and this is when people just don't understand me because you me, I could say, oh, let's let's do it this way. I I feel like I'm being as genuine and honest as I can. But if you come along and say that you or accuse me or you know or take take issue with what I'm presenting, uh, in my case, I'll just agree with you because I know what's going on. How do I know what's going on? I don't know. Does that mean that that I'm some kind of a shiny figure or kind of a person who's all right just because I? And kind of uh, hard to locate, not necessarily, but there's something to uh, the idea of leaving what you're perceiving in front of you as someone doesn't understand not only you, but also doesn't understand the nature of their own reaction towards you. And so you, the only way to work with that, I would say this to you, to you specifically, to either one of you, or to anyone, I would say, don't do anything with it, just receive don't take what you receive and turn it around as something like some kind of a conclusion about it. It's so tempting to do that because it's so in line with our understanding or perception of who we are and the way in which we're correct and the way in which we're valid and so on. Uh, pardon me if I'm not being particularly clear. I feel like some of my words are doubling up. Further question would help if you haven't. Sure, Ryan. No. You just said that if somebody um, comes in your direction, that yeah. you'll just agree with them. I'm just saying it's a way of talking about it. I may agree, 
I don't, I don't base it on, be, on me being right. I don't, there's no way anybody can misunderstand me. However they understand me, that's their understanding. And that's valid because it's dependently arisen. Dependently arisen. So, so you don't have to get a credential from anybody. Even though I might say to you, I love you. I care about you. If you turn around and do something that makes yourself unlovable uh, from your point of view, that's not going to change. I don't, it's not based on relative truth. It's based on, uh, it's, it's, you can even say it's baseless because it's not, it's not dependently risen. It's just the case. It's just the case. So it is, this is a, I don't want to get off into too big of an abstract tangent, but this is a, the, the nature of Dharmakaya. There is no position. There's no, there's not even any expression unless there's somebody there. When we're practicing and endeavoring to see what is true, and there's a, a it's kind of a conflict that comes up. Yeah. How do you, so what is communication if it's yeah. receive? No, no production. Any production that's going to come that's going to come out just out in your eye blinks. Any production is going to come out in your the tone of voice when you say, "I see what you mean." So keep the production level uh, low and keep the reception level really. I receive what's coming towards you. The the what I call environmental generosity. Whatever's move, whatever's moving. Receive it on its own terms because it's going to appear to have terms. That's the nature of relative truth is to be a really large cardinal or a really small cardinal, a cardinal that doesn't mind you looking into its nest and another cardinal that hates that. Maybe not a very clear example, but it's that kind of a structure. It's not just that, always that. It's totally unpredictable. As a Trump Rinpoche would say, it's... Ordinary chaos. Or maybe you wouldn't say that. Maybe you'd say something else. More? Sure, Bob. Do we have to have a willingness to be whatever somebody is kind of coming in our direction? Kind of. That that may be a good way of saying it. Yeah. Let them, people are suffering. Uh, your Sangha members, your brothers and sisters in the Dharma are they're having their difficulty. Your your teachers having his difficulties. There's there's something else happening in that area, or you could say it's a non-happening. It might have a happening a happening aspect to it, and uh, because it can do whatever it wants, it's like a buffalo. I'm a buffalo, I do what I want. You heard that? Or did I just make that up? No, it's on my coffee cup. I'm a buffalo, I do what I want. <laughs> that was given to me by, uh, darn, I can't remember his name. Kurt Rowe? Kurt Rowe. See, I remembered his last name. So, but people don't understand me. I'm old, I have a bad memory. Go ahead. Does the understanding that I think I have about myself, is that any truer than the understanding someone comes at me with? It's just more relative stuff. There's no way to understand. When people say people don't understand me, it's circular. It's not, I'm not gonna particularly validate it. They don't have to be understood. I don't need any any particular understanding. That, but that doesn't mean that if you come to me and you're suffering, you're having difficulty, and you're upset with me about something, I I, I won't run away from that being some kind of superior person who who gets indignant over you accusing me or I just suffer with you. Yeah. What does 
uh, having a feeling of being misunderstood indicate or point to? Just self-centeredness. That you uh, have some kind of understanding of what's happening with you because you're having these emotions or these feelings and you're irritated with this or that or however you describe it. And, and it's, you, you feel like it's real. You feel like that's what's happening and that's you and that's how you're feeling. And I sometimes say it pretty abruptly and uh, a little sarcastically, but not not exactly. I'm trying to help you when I say this. Like I say, I don't give a shit how you feel. But I, at the same time, I say, of course I do. I, it's very difficult to see me, for me to see anyone suffering anywhere. It's difficult, but I can't, I can't be wrapped up in that as, as some kind of a issue or problem that needs to be solved as it is in the way that it's showing up. Because it's just an illusion, a really intense, sometimes extremely painful one. Yes, go ahead. If we are receiving what someone is producing, will we understand? There's no guarantee. Uh, there's no, because the causes and conditions that are, that are around or within or behind or in front of or uh, coincident with anything that is moving that you are focused on as a, an occurrence or happening or a, a cause and effect or uh, my thoughts, your thoughts, or any polarity that's happening there is, is uh, dependent on everything else for its singularity. For it's, a, for it's appearing as some particular thing, you know, something something that does not, someone does not understand me, or no one understands what I'm going through. So, what was the question? I, I feel like I strayed away from it. Did I? I don't remember. I like that. That's why you're a student of mine. You don't remember stuff. <laughs> you are a student, are you? Yeah. I did remember that. Okay. Shoto. Shoto Bowing. Um, how can we investigate the assumptions that lead us to thinking we have an understanding about what we're doing? Say that again. Can you repeat it? Great. <laughs> See, you could learn from him. You can remember what he said. How can we investigate the positions that lead to the understanding of what we're doing? I wouldn't bother. But don't, what I'm saying is that not that you couldn't do that, of course, you might do some of that. But if you're, since you're asking me the question, I'd say the most important thing for you, you live in a monastery, you're a monk, you've been here for years, you're endeavoring to train your mind, and I'm endeavoring to support you in doing that. I would say spend time on the cushion sharpen the awareness that sees into any situation that happens that occurs including that story you have about yourself you have a story about we all do i have one we all have a story about ourselves who we are but but if you if you see that there is no one there's no one there no storyteller and there's no story listener but yet there's a story that this is a perception only my description is quite a little bit lengthy there, but it, so you don't see that all. Once you just you just see it, you just you just it's just that it's just the story about it. It doesn't have any. It's like a kite with no tail. It doesn't. It, there's no there's no rudder to that boat. There's no there's not going anywhere. It's completely stable because there's no there's no there's no conclusion. There's no grasping at someone who's finally they understand me or I really understand myself. I can understand my own feelings but at some point or points through your practice. You'll, you will begin to, uh, not that I'm predicting future events. You'll begin to notice that emotions can move through your mind stream without being accepted, rejected, or ignored. They just come and go like they do like birds in the sky. And they don't, they may have some kind of personal area that shows up as uh, an understanding of you, understanding of myself that can also show up that way, but it's just another bird. And you don't have to get rid of it so that you aren't a person who, who is worried about not being misunderstood. So all of that just collapses and comes apart without going anywhere, without disappearing, without any kind of 
I feel better about everything. I'm, I just, you know, I finally I realize that uh, I, I don't have a cell for any of those other constructs that we continue to possibly look for in our experience. Sugar Bowling, can we communicate without our conclusions? Yes, you don't have to get rid of conclusions. Just know that you're doing it, because if you know that you're doing it, then it's like, you know, you can see the trees that are in the forest of your mind. You can see them. So, you you know, you the consciousness is always finding its own form. And if it's operating out of the vow to be with all things, then everybody is more important than you are, even though they're, they're nobody also. But they don't know it, so they're suffering. They're able to meet them where you're where they're at with whatever's happening. You'll notice that it will start to show up as just not being able to listen to somebody intently and have no idea what they're saying. Is that happening yet? I don't see anybody coming to collect a credential here. Anyway, that's that's wrong. I was misspeaking to say that. Go ahead. Are you saying, or is a way of looking at what you're saying what we thought was us or that identity still shows up, but we see it's a conclusion. As I've said, I say, don't add, don't subtract, don't divide, don't do anything. But as I've said many times, I know you can't help but do that, but if I say, don't do that, then there's a better chance when you're sitting that you're going to be aware that you're doing it. And you're also going to be aware that you can't quite stop that. So that gives you a, you could say, you could just say it this way, a little bit deeper idea of how, Really, there aren't any handles or buttons. or You don't have control over that. The illusion of control is part of the, part of the, um, the daily fare or the, the banquet table of the ego. There's the feeling that you can do this and do that, and I'm the one who did this and did that. If, you, if someone is, uh, is totally trapped by their self-centeredness, all you have to do is talk to them for five or ten minutes or less, and you realize that they're they're not bad. They're not necessarily evil. They're, they just they just are operating out of an intense grasping at relative truth, belief, disbelief, opinions, ideas, concepts. Sometimes people will even ask ask you, "What's your opinion about anything?" And you, you realize that you you could say what it is, but you you kind of realize you don't really have opinions like you used to have. You might not realize that until somebody starts asking for them. And then because of it, if it happens to be somebody you want to stay in uh, on the good side of, like your dad or your mom or somebody in your family, uh, you might try to invent something a little bit so that you can continue to have a relationship to base with them based on confusion. Am I being silly? A little bit. But we do. We, and this is, a, and that's, this is not wrong. Meet people where they're at. Whoever whoever shows up, you're as a, as a bodhisattva, as an aspiring bodhisattva, sometimes said in the sutras, the, the Buddha Dharma is being preached everywhere. Everything is speaking uh, the truth that the Buddha saw. That's how he knew about it. And you may have to be uh, present to anyone uh, as a Buddha. This doesn't mean that somebody you invent, it just means that you you function to fundamentally support people, even if it's their neurosis. This doesn't mean you agree with them, I'm not talking about that, but you listen to them. Then they will see that you're, you're really listening, but you're not necessarily agree with them. They might even have to say, well, do you agree with that? You might come back and you might say any number of things. You might say, uh, not really. Or you might say, well, it's interesting, but what to think about might be vague about it but just that you've listened to them that's that's what you're giving them you're giving them your attention people love to be listened to and do not always realize that they're making a fool of themselves all the time i can't make a fool of myself because i already am a fool Yes, sure. Um, in that idea of 
for me specifically, like listening to my parents, um, I do tend to agree with them or try to soften it a little bit by yes, just going their way a little bit. Yeah. That's, that's exactly what I'm saying. I've not even been down to your house in Ohio. You live in the in that state with too many vowels. So is, is that kind of push past just listening, um, no, disrespectful? I, not the way it looks here. No. Meet people where they're at. Meet them in the confusion. And if you're, that doesn't mean that you're sitting there listening to them and think you're really know everything and you're smart and they just need to listen to you so you can help them train their mind. No, it means be confused. It, unless you've had some insight of the completely uh, insubstantial nature of ego or the self and the narcissism of mind we're all working with here. Uh, Unless you've done that, you you won't be able to to do that. There'll be something off or something. It'll, it'll feel phony here. But if you know it's unreal, then everything is sometimes called crazy wisdom. Although even that is elaborated by Trump Rinpoche in different ways. If we're trying to listen to someone and we notice that it doesn't feel like we're listening. Um, how is that helpful to yeah. that person? None of your business. It's really none of your business. In the, in the way you're asking me, it's totally your business. In the way you're not asking me, the way you're asking is none of your business. So I would just continue to work with that in a generic way. Just, just be aware that you're not listening. Be aware, don't correct that, don't fix it, and try to be a better listener. You might you might actually, since the the mind, the listening mind is kind of shutting down and shutting down, even though you might be trying to listen, but you don't really give a damn about it on some level where you so you just can't track it. Then I would just say <clears throat> do something that you can actually do that doesn't abandon the present moment. And one of the things that you could do is Remember gravity. If you can't seem to receive in the way your mind is telling you, you should receive. In other words, making sense, remembering what they're saying, be able to interact with them on some kind of a, uh, once you start, you could say disconnecting uh, slowly from the, the rational aspect of the mind that's always trying to make sense and blame people and blame yourself and trying to think your way into some kind of uh, safety or accomplishment. Once you start doing that, it starts to show up everywhere in your relationship with others. So that's when you might have to stop specifically focusing on that other as somebody that you need to keep the shenanigans going, keep the, the conversation going and uh, start to uh, come out of uh, uh, what is already the case that you're covering up. It's called Vipassana, Mahavipassana, great panoramic awareness, sense of touch, sense of taste, sense of hearing, sense of smell, sense of gravity, sense of incredible world around you. If, if you really need to respond, if they say, did you hear me? I say, I'm not sure if I did or not. And they could say, well, I just, I just asked you a question. And you could say, well, what did you say? I ask you if you... Um, whatever it may be, any number I could come up with some silly ideas, but anything that, then you could, you, then you could, you're asked, then you could respond to them where they are in that. But your ability to do that might be contingent, not caused by, but contingent upon how present you are, how, how you're in the room, there, you're there. You may be more present than anybody they've talked to in the last three weeks, uh, even though you don't know what they're saying. The, the issue with always knowing what somebody's saying and keeping track is a highly sneaky form uh, that ego uses to continually to maintain some kind of reality called me and my world and my life and how I'm right. Nobody understands me. Ashoka is constantly blaming people. 
especially Sokoret. Just constantly blaming her. Kevin Vallon. Go ahead, Kevin. What is uh, the corollary between understanding and compassion? Vowing. So, I mean, if I if I take a corollary like understanding, uh, the fundamental understanding uh, that that would be connected with fundamental uh, compassion or complete total consideration of this rather than someone else. I'm not talking about sympathy for uh, the devil. I'm talking about uh, uh, compassion. I mean, so you no longer separate yourself from anything. So the image I've sometimes used is this mean you are so not separate from anybody that if something happens to someone you don't even know down the street, if you want to get into a relative uh, pictogram, that would be you'd be all about helping them as if you'd cut your own arm. Even if you don't know them, if they don't deserve it, if they're just going to use the 10 bucks you're going to give them for drugs, none of your business. Help them. It's it's a it is an incredibly vast and deep form of the teaching that I present as CCC, communicate, cooperate, collaborate. You don't really do those. You are those. If you're really communicating, then you, then you, you are cooperation. You, you don't have any agenda about the fundamental wel welfare of everyone. Sometimes called, could be called uh, compassion, which was the, the fourth C. Maybe that's the first one. Kevin Bowing, I guess I just have heard people equate compassion with like understand being understanding of another person, but I guess I'm hearing that that's not. That's not what I do. It's not what I I don't know what I do in terms of that kind that way of talking about it, but I want to make sure that I emphasize it. I'm not I'm not disagreeing with anyone being compassionate, their understanding of compassionate is to help help their fellow, help their fellow woman to be, see that people are in trouble and help them. You know, get, write a check, send some money, send some support, of course. But the kind of compassion that we're talking about in, uh, as far as the aspect of wisdom, sometimes called compassion or Yes, compassion. Is that that there's no there's no one there doing anything. No one gets a credit. No one becomes compassionate because of the acts that they've done. It's more. It's more. Uh, there's less um, uh, otherness happening. I did something. Therefore, I am compassionate. Therefore, that seems to be gone. Wisdom. It's like wisdom is is uh, empty of, of everything, but and compassion is full of what it is, which is complete generosity. There isn't anything that doesn't belong to you, but there isn't anything that isn't in its own place that you can't really shoplift. Sorry about that. Nice show, go ahead. Nice show, Bowing. How important is relative understanding um, well, it's important. We already have quite a bit of that. And uh, most of the questions that are asked uh, have that have that kind of a dynamic or relative. So I, I think it's important all the way around. Things are one of the ways that we talk about. It's a relative uh, direction, but it's an ultimate understanding to say that everything relatively is empty of what you think it is, of your addition to it, your interpretation, the name, it is, it is empty of that, but it's full of what it is. It's empty of what you think it is, and it's full of what it actually is. And that's a very conceptual, and it's basic teaching of uh, Buddhism shows up in different ways. The way I'm saying it is just, particular way. More? Nice show. Nice show, Boeing. Um, I have a question, but it hasn't come up yet. Okay. Um, when you, you have a question. When you're Boeing, um, 
in order to understand how can we understand prejudice? Well, the, the first see it in ourselves and don't get rid of it. If you, if you see prejudice in yourself showing up, you know, just stay with that. When I say stay, I don't maintain it, but notice that it comes up and notice that maybe you, there was a time maybe when you didn't, when you thought you weren't prejudiced and then you realize, yeah, there are some areas that get triggered there that have to do with trying to close something off or shut something down. Please don't do anything with it. Don't, don't get better. You aren't going to hear this too many places. I don't know. Maybe, maybe there's thousands of places you hear it. I don't hear it much. All I hear is we have to heal or we have to forgive, which I think is just, I have to say it in a pretty intense way. I think it's bullshit. Just what I say is don't blame anybody. You don't have to forgive. But if you do blame somebody, then see if you can't uh, put some kind of a traction on that, bring that back, be responsible for that, that you're pushing that out. On. It's the ability to respond. That's responsibility, by the way, not blame. It's, not, it's a big misunderstanding of blame. Blame buys into the otherness that we can somehow fix. You know, get rid of evil and just have good. Get rid of bad weather and just have sunshine. It's, it's, they're separate from each other. Good and evil, right and wrong. Black and white, so on. So more? Well, Yvonne, I'm, I'm just thinking about our political scene that is so intensified around <clears throat> <Question. prejudice. clears throat> Just let me have it. Give me a direct, direct question about it. It doesn't have to be sophisticated. It's the words understand prejudice. Are those exclusive? Yeah. Mutually exclusive. Well, understand to stand under something is uh, the implication is there is that you you see what that is. You understand it. It's not overstand or overlook or oversee. That you understand it. It may not make a lot of sense in uh, breaking it down into some kind of Western understanding of it, but. So the mutual exclusivity that you're talking about, I don't think necessarily, but the way you're asking that, I would say that it's, it's not two different things. And it, the other thing I would say on the other end of that is to, is to, if you want to understand the prejudice that's everywhere in the world, then look at the prejudice that's in yourself in your own mind stream on the cushion or up walking down the street, um, meeting someone and notice how there's anybody you look at, take 10 people. I don't, it doesn't matter what their race is, what their sex is, or any the 10 people that all look different in some way. And you'll, you, and you'll notice there's a little edge of opposition or agreement. Agreement is also prejudice. Thinking some people are really good and right and, and beautiful. Some people are not so good, a little clumsy, a little homely or maybe they have the wrong skin color. Just be aware of that. If you're, if you're fundamentally aware of it, then you're, you're, not gonna, you're not gonna hurt anyone. But you're responsible for that. You're responsible for your understanding of dependent origination, pratitya samadpada, the fancy words for that the Buddha and others in ancient history, especially in ancient India. Everything's dependently arisen and to understand that relatively is the, the ego aspect of the mind is not going to feel so damn good. But it's not about the ego mind feeling better. That's why we, in our, in our path, we dedicate ourselves to the happiness of others. May all beings be happy. But you could say that kind of includes us too. You uh, Question from Josh Brown. Josh. You have in the past described the issue with the strong possibility of humans destroying this species. I was chuckle. What is the difference in just listening and knowledge of self-distraction 
versus minding our own business. Mm. Uh, that's pretty complicated, Josh. I think you probably gonna have to look at that yourself for a moment. Got another question? You could actually rephrase that question so I can respond to it in a way without becoming a philosopher. So I can just directly respond to it. I'd be happy to do that. Uh, I, I'm not very smart in that way. I might have to get one of these really smart people on here to help me. No, I can't do that. They might just take over. <laughs> then what would I be? The soup line. Jason Bowing. Yes, Jason. So I've had this uh, question rolling around in my head for a while. And at first I thought it was almost kind of silly and, and egotistical, but I, now I kind of feel like it maybe gets at the heart of uh, the relationship between relative understanding and uh, ultimate. Anyway, the question is, I really enjoy baseball. American baseball. And I'm wondering if I do ever get to the point where I understand or, or notice or realize ultimate understanding or, or actually my true nature. Actually, if I see my true nature, will I still like baseball? <laughs> well, you probably like it even more <laughs> because you're not right now. You're kind of questioning even your like of, you know, the what a great American pastime. So no, I'm, I, I don't, I don't uh, have much interest in that. Although if I'm from a long time ago, if I'm sitting with somebody who really is into baseball and I'm with them, then I, I get into it with them because I, I am into people. I've been for a while. Well, let me ask you, I mean, do you still kind of enjoy the same types of things that you did in your past or? What did uh, I do? What did I enjoy in my past? Um, Bowling. Books. I still have a lot of books, <clears throat> except that I forgot how to read. <laughs> it's really painful. And uh, people help me with books, though. They say, what do you want us to do with all these books? <laughs> <laughs> and I say, uh, uh, sort them out, put post-it notes on it, and then get back with me. Well, can we throw these out? No, don't throw anything out. Don't throw anything out. I, I, I was looking with uh, with Rondo to, today at some uh, some old uh, hand <clears throat> old uh, hand drawer handles, and I was thinking about if I threw this away because Rondo is kind of an anti pack rat person. <laughs> if I threw threw these away, this would really impress her. <laughs> but you know, not that I don't want. Mondo to respect me and appreciate me. Of course I do. But something about manipulating her and also losing those valuable handles, I just couldn't bring myself to do it. So they're still, they're still down there in the basement. And, uh, and, you know, I couldn't think of any reason to keep them. Uh, you know, what would I use them for? Well, you saw them. What are you going to use those for? They're useless. <laughs> they're 1950s. They're 1950s, really ugly, hardware store. They kind of have a little arrow on each end. I think they're made of kind of or colored copper or something. Very homely. I could go into a long story about that, but I'd rather answer, <laughs> respond to questions. I shouldn't say answer, but respond to questions. So to come back to your uh, question, you know, I, I would think, I mean it, I think you would, you might be even more involved in uh, baseball and, and appreciating the that kind of a activity, kind of a, it's kind of a meaningless activity with specific relative goals and then they contrast them. So if who, it's a bunch of men or women with a stick and a ball and padded catcher's mitts and first baseman's mitts. See, I know a little bit, not much. But my friend uh, that I was telling you, I, I like to watch baseball with him when we were young. His name's, uh, he's not watching, he's not interested. His name's uh, Donnie. And Donnie had, uh, he walked to school every morning, he had this huge box full of baseball cards he just collected. And he, and he would um, uh, know all these players and who was, on, who was on this team and who got traded to who. 
and it would know that. And occasionally, uh, the con a conversation, which you know was a couple of high school kids, would go into that area, and I would I would try to be interested, but he. He wasn't so interested because he knew that I had no idea what he was talking about. I would just was friendly. So, anyway, it's a. Uh, did you collect? Uh, do you collect baseball cards? They still have. Um, not too seriously. I have a few, but not seriously. Okay, what would seriously be? Five hundred. Um, I think seriously would be if you buy them regularly and you know the worth of all of them and okay so you're not really th that serious about it <laughs> i like to buy a pack every now and again and yeah. um put them all and organize them a little bit but i don't really? <laughs> <laughs> i think you're doing great <laughs> so just keep going it's not gonna let's let's say it this way to respond directly to your question in, in all seriousness you're not gonna care whether you like baseball or you don't, you you will because if you realize your true nature, you'll every everyone you see, you'll not be separate from them anymore. So you're at the service. It's like being a, it's like being a, a servant with no king. It's like being a, a servant with no dictator because everyone you see uh, is your uh, your uh, your charge, your responsibility. That doesn't mean you have to keep them from driving uh, drunk or from even taking their life. That's not your responsibility. That's none of your business. This doesn't mean that you shouldn't, if they're starting to do that, you shouldn't wait a minute. Let's think this over. Uh, let's, let's talk about this first. That doesn't mean that situationally you might not step into to that, but it would not be a good idea to step into any situation based on preconceptions of what you're doing. This is a very nature of our world is why it's so nuts is people are operating out of their beliefs, their opinions, their judgments and and the relativity of those is strong enough that, that people actually will take other people's lives. As we saw in our own country here, people are killing people who are, who are their friends and who are their, uh, you know, it's, it's hard to see that. And it's, it's harder for, for maybe for uh, old white men who have been, been browbeaten with propaganda about people who are of a, black or brown people and how they're not as good. Uh, if you've been taught that from when you were a child, it might be hard to overcome that because you're, you believe it. And then there's other people who believe it and other people who believe it, reinforcing each other through conversation and uh, yeah, whatever, bowling. It's, uh, it's, and you can't go in and change that, but what can you do? You train your mind, find the prejudice in here. It's like the poet Kabir said uh, a few centuries ago, uh, and the translation is a, a modern translation, which uses a, a firearm, which they didn't have then. He said, uh, uh, if in your heart you have a loaded gun, how can you have God? So you could say, you might not be able to unload that gun. You might not be able to even find the gun. But you could, you could begin to understand that there's some kind of aggression that, that is looking for tailwind. It's looking for any reason to crank up and go after somebody else. How do I know? I have it. It's not a confession and saying I'm this horrible monster. I'm just saying it's everyone has some form of this that they take the emotion of passion, aggression, and ignorance and convert it into their personal story about uh, not being understood. So find out who you are. You're not, you're not somebody else. You're not separate from what is being pointed at by this old man. If you're listening to me, then you're, if I make a little bit of sense to you, then you're probably on the path. So Karen, you have a question. So Karen Bowing, when you're in an interview with someone who's really suffering, what is your relative experience? Suffering. I suffer too. I'm certainly not a, a lofty being or a teacher who has seen through suffering and seen through passion, aggression, and ignorance and no longer has a self. Um, but I see, I suffer. And I see that that person doesn't realize there's that, that which is suffering in them is unreal. Suffering is real. 
Suffering is dependently risen and it hurts. You have nerve endings and they are abraded either on the fingertips uh, or in your eyes and your ears, your nose, uh, your mind stream. It's, it's a very sensitive area and it can be very, this is why people do drugs is because that mind stream is so sensitive. You just fill it up with, with the sloshy stuff and we feel okay for three or four hours. And then when that goes away, we're right back to uh, uh, walking on thumbtacks. So when I'm in an interview with someone, insofar as I'm able to do that, I try to meet them where they're at. And if they're suffering, I'm, I'm there. This is a, the principle of uh, uh, being able to go into any realm. The Jizo Bodhisattva, Kashiti Garba. doesn't mean that I'm Kashiti Garba or I'm some kind of holy enlightenment being. More so, not separate from you. If you're suffering, if Wulong's uh, uh, suffering, if uh, Carl or Yuhong are suffering and I'm talking to you about it, it's not, I might not be... Uh, uh, agreeing with you, you might not think that I'm doing having a hard time, but <laughs> I probably am. If you're having a hard time, I'm not far away. And to to see that and see that it's empty of a self is not to end suffering. It's uh, the the sufferer himself, herself, themselves. It, it no longer has any uh, validity as a as an as an entity as a person. But the, 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 the illusion or the illusory quality of ego is powerful. So it's still going to believe in itself and think it is somebody who wants something. I sometimes refer to that as the clown on the roof because there's still a reality through it. It's kind of crazy. And it's, uh, you can't seem to get inside the house. But it's around. And is, is it that that is feeling? Maybe a little bit. Generally, it's the, to come back to your, your question, whatever is showing up with the student. If I, if, I, if I were separate from that, then I would just have advice and, and may have, have advice anyway. But it would come out of a, a different understanding than one of being objective over what you're going through, like a, a surgeon is or a doctor or a psychiatrist or, or a therapist or a, a, a acupuncture. Uh, uh, the the um, the practice that you uh, help people with acupuncture. So it's about it's about not being separate. So if you're with somebody that you're really close to and they're really suffering, you probably aren't going to feel really good. That doesn't mean that you're you you get so swamped by it that you'll start blaming them for how you're feeling. More? Thank you, no bowing. Thank you. Don't you? A question from James. James, James, who's James? James who? Don't know. No last name? James Thurber, James Stewart, James. William James. Go ahead. Do you believe in God? And how is Dharma different than God? Well, God is a, a name, <clears throat> excuse me, that general idea is a theistic idea of spiritual path where you look up and worship somebody or look down or you go, you, you have a, there's a, an other entity or person or personality or creator principle that is, that created everything. And you, and you, I don't disbelieve in it. I don't believe in it. Don't disbelieve and don't uh, ignore it particularly. But uh, I practice, as I was taught and, and practice a non-theistic path. So we don't necessarily use that. Although in the tantric tradition of Tibet, we, we use uh, what's called deity yoga. So we empower a kind of visualization in place of our, or as our wisdom mind, since we can't find wisdom. So we use uh, some kind of a, um, ancient uh, technology called visualization, tantric practices and so on. Quite elaborate. Done a few of those and not as many as some people. Some people have done can't get enough of that visualizing and chanting mantras and doing uh, mudras and, and it's if you get into that and do it for a while it's pretty comfortable because you just you just know exactly what to do it's very soothing to the ego but you still have to do the completion part which means you dissolve the, 
the whole situation and you just look at the space that's left. So it isn't exactly theism, a little bit, but maybe but not much. It's not gonna save your life. So as far as believing in God, I say, I don't believe it. I don't disbelieve it. And the way I would tell the story if, if um, and I don't mean this sarcastically, I mean it, I mean this. If Jesus Christ walks in the door, I'll hang out with him. I'm not going to argue about with him. And I'm also not going to say it looks like I was wrong. Right and wrong are extra. We don't need good and evil. Those are primitive beliefs about the nature of reality. And they cause and perpetuate wars, not only in countries, but in families. Heartbreaking to see it. But you can't go in and repair something that is, is just fallen off a cliff of culture and is headed for the earth and is going to crash. I wouldn't bother to follow it down and try to adjust it, make sure that, that you somehow invent anti-gravity on the way down. That doesn't mean you ignore those crazy culture where things are getting ready to blow up like atomic weapons. We're here, we're born with it. We have incredibly insane people running things. I don't care how civilized they look but they're incredibly insane because of the intense paranoia of other, the intense prejudice against anyone. As I've said before, and I'll say again, the aliens are not interested in us, though we might think they, why would they want to control a bunch of people who are insane? They do not kill their own kind. Even though there's a few aliens that are harder to get along with than others, like the ones in Star Wars. I'm not really kidding you, but we're, we have difficulty on the downside. We're really in difficult straits on the upside. We've got so much polarity that if you do begin to understand what this is, uh, it kind of pops you right out of the whole polarity altogether. And all the relativities that other people believe in and live and die for, uh, you're not at the mercy of those anymore. You're not at the mercy of anything other than you're a servant, you serve, you help others. You help those who think they're somebody else, think they're separate with their permission. I don't know if I addressed the question about God uh, in a way that's helpful or make things more understandable, but it's, it's just an idea and belief and disbelief are extra. Some people need that kind of a structure need to look up to something, believe something. I'm okay with that. You can be a student of mine and be a Christian. I'm not concerned with your your uh, beliefs situation. Yes. Uh, Josh Brown has par paraphrased his original question. Yes. What is the difference between our animalistic nature of knowing and acting versus action out of ego? Same. Same thing. A lot of room for more questions there, but it's the same thing. You could contemplate what I just said in response to what you asked. Not separate. It's it's not it's not a halfway measure. It's not kind of not separate. It's not separate. When this hand moves, a tree falls in Vermont. Not separate. Is that some kind of zeny saying that so I can be cute like the Zen masters and in the 13th century. No, it's it's true. Don't believe it. It's not that kind of truth. It's not the kind of truth that's relative that you believe some things and disbelieve others, like like they didn't land on the moon or like the earth is really made of green cheese, or maybe that's the moon. Is he coming back? A question from school stream. School stream. That's a thread manufacturer? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Go for it. Is being enlightened realizing even if I have a question, I don't need to ask? No. That's incorrect. And if I were to go into that story you seem to be coming up with there, spool string, I would say that you would ask on behalf of others. Others, no one would even know that you were awake. I can see out of the corner of my eye, and yes, my eyes had corners, uh, that Unyo is starting to close her book <laughs> that she's been jotting down all of the various things that you guys have said. 
One final question. One final is okay. <laughs> she said one final question is okay. You can stay here all night if you want. Say that. <laughs> <laughs> is there a final one out there in Zoom land? Juzan, go ahead. You said something about the structures of society is the only reference point for living our life. I said that. I take it back. <laughs> <laughs> what other reference points are there? A spiritual path. So, but we don't get much. I mean, if you're born, I was born in here in the Serial City, which is a cornflakes, uh, Kellogg's, and Post, and Ralston Purina, and all factories back in the in the 1940s when I was a child in the 50s. Everybody just worked, just, it was a very, um, I don't know what you'd call it. Uh, society there was very primitive, but people went to work and they went to the store and everything was, uh, it just looked like uh, that it was real and it was actually a real situation. And it was, uh, <coughs> excuse me, it's unreal. But that's the only reference point that most people would have would be that, you know, going going to church and going to going bowling and, and having a minister who really was good and really connected with people and and could help you believe in that particular whatever Catholicism or Judaism or Protestantism or people who don't believe in anything that is that what you're asking me about? Go ahead. How is the spiritual path not a structure of society? Well, it is. It's just that it, it as soon as it becomes a structure, it starts to uh, spiritual or uh, socially distance, like go, goes to the mountaintop or to a monastery. It separates itself out so that it can practice the forms that are necessary to see beyond the, the relative nature of reality into the ultimate nature of your, your true nature, not separate. You could call it Buddha nature. You could call it ultimate truth. You could call it Tagatagarbha, which has been called for centuries out of ancient India. Dharmakaya, Sambhogakaya, Nirmanakaya, Swabhavikakaya, lots of, lots of things that we study here because there are different ways that in ancient times, people, scholars would look at what the Buddha taught and then break that into, break it up so that we had something to do with our thinking process that had to do with studying what, it, what is this fundamentally, not what do we believe, which is a, a kind of a personality cult, not, not against personality cults. Uh, my, my teacher had a, people around him that he was referred to as a, a, being a leader of a cult because people were so dedicated to him and he was a, such an outlandish character and he was. So, but he helped a lot of people. And according to some people, he actually hurt a lot of people. I'm not, not here to defend him whatsoever. All I know is that without him, there wouldn't be anybody sitting here. So, and that doesn't mean I'm not going to go into something. Well, you're always going to have some casualty. No, I'm not saying that. There's nothing to justify, nothing to protect. I wouldn't, I'm not protecting him. Go ahead. Is it helpful to have the spiritual path as a reference point if the ultimate understanding is no reference point? That's the only way you can do it. There has to be ground path and fruition. The ground is suffering. That's the threefold logic. The ground is suffering. The path is seeing the nature of the suffering and the confusion, which is very relative. Continue to look at it and look at it and to and to have the guidance of not only the, the teaching, which is the Threefold logic of the Buddha's Dharma, which is life of suffering. Uh, the cause is uh, wanting something else or desire, wanting, wanting other, wanting success, wanting not wanting failure, wanting to live forever. And the uh, cessation is uh, seeing that there, there's no self in this condos. There's no solid being that's going through this. It, said, it calls it, uh, because it's a provisional teaching, calls it Niroda, which is, I think, Sanskrit for uh, the, the ending or termination of suffering. But it's not ending of suffering. It's, it's the ending of the belief that there's a sufferer. 
and then that is brought about by the fourth noble truth, which is the, the path of Shila Samadhi and Prajna, or sit down, get yourself to sit down, hold still, discipline, take a look at what's in front of you, the mind stream, Samadhi, and then realize, uh, or Prajna, or wisdom, or Jnana, or Jnana, seeing seeing that nothing is separate from anything else at the same time seeing the incredible separations that are, are like uh, flowers and rainbows everywhere and buckets of slop not separate i have more to say but since you don't have the question you're not getting the answer looks sad <laughs> okay thank you so much we will uh, dedicate uh, the merit and here in the monastery and all join us if you wish. I don't know if it's typed in at the bottom, but sometimes someone is there who is able to do that. And if they aren't, then just uh, come along. May the merit of this penetrate into all places so that we and every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way. The three worlds, all Buddhas, all venerable ones, Bodhisattvas, Mahasattvas, the great Prajna Paramita. O Buddhas and Bodhisattvas of the ten directions and the three times, please hear us. Please come down out of the light and protect Sokokoji Buddhist Temple Monastery, our Sangha families, friends, and visitors. Heal everyone who is unhappy, sick, or suffering and fill them with light. If you value the teachings of Sokozan and you would like to support his teaching work and the functions of Sokokoji Buddhist Temple Monastery, which also supports monk and practice residents, please consider giving a donation by visiting our website at Sokokoji dot o-r-g